Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it will be all right. It will be all right. It will be all right. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? What's up? What's up? Hi, guys. What are you doing here? I mean, not what are you doing, but how are you? You're listening to us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's been going on with y'all this week? How about, oh, yeah. I yeah. finally bought That's me a gun. You finally bought a gun? What yeah. kind? I, for right now, I got a pocket gun at 380. Oh, I love 380. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Come on, I'm Texas. Getting... You officially a Texan. <laughs> right. Now, right now. I, I got my license to carry, too. So, yes. shit. I didn't realize how loose the gun laws was in Texas. So, yeah. yeah that, so, that is, I was like, where the fuck the I been? That is the perk <laughs> of being a Texan. Right. That I was like, what, what? I don't know why I thought I needed a permit. And I was like, oh. And not no. just loose. When when it is actually um, legal for you to shoot somebody, mm. like the rules around that is uh, really in, the, in, <laughs> in our favor. So if you ever want oh yeah, when you at home, yeah. you gotta kill somebody. They, I, I'm not gonna say kill. I gotta <laughs> put them down. <laughs> well, if they mean you harm, you better kill that motherfucker. Uh-huh. If they're um, not that that is, that's gonna protect you, <laughs> but right. you know at least there's some rules that you know if they're Within your threshold, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> baby. You can wear them out. Um, what right. made you decide to get a gun? His motherfucking ass been just, having dreams. No, just first of all, I was like, why don't I have one? Because I don't. I'm not a convicted felon. And me being black and trans and having a black and trans girlfriend, it is seeing all the sex trafficking and people trying it. And these the enemies have no problem getting them a gun and getting prepared. So, are you so. gonna carry it around? If if necessary, if I feel like it that day. Because the thing about it, all these things happen outside of the home. Not yeah, always, true. but I'm saying the stuff you just mentioned. Like when they try to get you, they're not in your house trying to get you. True. So are you gonna have it on you all the time? That's the thing about it with me. It's like 
if you're not carrying mm-hmm. it all the time, what's the point? Like, if those are your reasons, mm-hmm. what's the point? Because usually the shit that happened to you... Happened you, outside your house. Uh, yeah. Really. Uh, I'm going to just three. say that's part of the reason I got my license to carry. Shit, so. I need mine because, you know... <laughs> I, will, I, I will be carrying it. It's a pocket gun. I ain't even going to lie. I just don't be wanting to let, you know, the enemy know what's going on uh, with me. <laughs> For me, I feel like carrying a gun with my temper. Oh, <laughs> See, you know how I, I am, one though. Of those African yeah, you, kind of, you know, I'm I'm level headed. You're a little bit more calmer than me, and I feel <laughs> like if I had a gun on me in many of the situations that I was in, not not um. I'm not like level headed where I'm just gonna wear you out just because you got attitude with me. No, right, not right, that. Right. I'm talking about in dangerous, like dangerous. Somebody trying to attack me. Somebody trying mm-hmm. to do something. To or me. you feel like you then, ain't got some type of disadvantage. Yeah, so I can see myself in those situations. Them escalating to a point where I would be in prison right now. No, yeah. see, and that's I need a to get worse my situation. my license to carry because you know I'm mother Uber and I I love to talk people ear off and you know it's been like 13, 14 arrests of sex trafficking people who drive Uber. So yeah. didn't you having a have a gun saved you from a certain situation before? Well, no, but it, it was in he, my house. Right. It was in my house. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, it, yes. But I'm talking about outside of the house when you don't have their those particular protections. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. True. Those particular and actually there's situations that could have been very ugly, and I had a gun in the house mm. because my gun was in my closet. It was in. That's why you see that rifle that right there. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's always right there right. because yeah. I, when, when I was in a situation back in the day, I have a video. On on my YouTube channel, if you want to hear the story, it's called "In Memory of Eric um, Nalechi," um, and I tell the whole story there, so you can go watch it. But in that situation, I had a gun; mm. it just was in my back room. Mm. And when he was choking me out and trying to drag me out of the um, house, mm-hmm. I didn't have access to it. It was in the closet, in the safe mm-hmm. spot. You know the way you mm-hmm. keep stuff safe. Da 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 da. So I, it, it served no purpose. So mm-hmm. that's why now I have it right here in my living room. Mm-hmm. It's right here ready. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I, but I know in situations when I was outside, like when I'm, you know, when somebody was trying to attack me at a club or trying to attack me on campus, somebody to, at school, somebody trying to, you know, really mm-hmm. put me in harm's way for no reason mm-hmm. in that situation. I can't tell you if I wouldn't have went to prison because if I would have shot them, Hmm. How would that have with this prison industrial complex? How would it have, you know, turned out for me? Yeah, Yeah. would that have in my home? It's it can it it has a stronger legal sense to work in your favor. Yeah, but when you're out and about, it's like, ooh, it just depends on the circumstances. Could you have walked away? Could you had you get what I'm saying? Did you have to shoot? Yeah, they have to shoot them. Yeah, they want it to be your absolute last resort, but it's helped a lot of people. In those situations, like, for instance, it was some guy that came and robbed a barbershop one time, and then a guy that was in the seat, 
um thought his friend was about to get killed and he had his kids there as well and he had a license to carry so once the robber finally got out the way and like was going where the money was at he decided to take a shot because he was like you're not about to get my kids or me so i'm gonna handle it so i can see how it can be beneficial for somebody especially (coughs) if you're not black and trans yes (laughs) that's exactly what i was thinking baby throw away the keys yeah i don't know it just depends on circumstances yeah i'd rather be safe yeah absolutely (laughs) i'd rather Uh, be your life than mine you see i got one (laughs) (laughs) right i'd rather be yours than mine yeah so yeah i remember you recently you did a video on the on the feed mm-hmm. about getting guns and stuff like that I, and z was the reason why yeah, yeah i think i think you know i think it's in this state of transness and the violence that's against us it is really kind of a conflict with what i think about in regards to gun laws mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. how they should be more restricted blah blah blah. but I, I i have to be honest i'm glad that i live in a state where they're not as restricted mm-hmm. right <coughs> but it also is scary because it's like being a black and, and trans person, like how how would the laws affect you if you were hap- if you were um in a situation where you had to defend yourself like that that one trans um trans woman who was a sex worker and she killed the person who was robbing her, she's in jail now. Yeah. So, it's yeah. like mm, like even even and that's a, that's like one of my concerns like okay even if i do have something to protect myself when i do protect myself am i still going to be protected <laughs> exactly and it can be ugly especially in a situation like that where y'all doing that black market business nobody's mm-hmm. in the hotel with y'all so it's only mm-hmm. your word and if this motherfucker dead it's it say your word. It say if you gonna kill, if you gonna shoot somebody, then you can't do criminal stuff. Why when you shoot them? So right. that's part of the reason I'm sure they was like you out of there. Exactly. But if it's a, if you got proof that it's self defense, as much proof as you can build up, you straight. They still gonna re- arrest you regardless, even if you got it on tape. Blah blah blah. They still gonna arrest you to get answers regardless of the situation. Mm-hmm. You just really gotta read up on the law and the laws around guns to know when you got the right to yeah, handle we your know business. How the system is. We yes. Know how the system is. No matter. How the law is supposed to be, yeah. you know, your um, identity politics plays a part in how they True. are applied to you, and so that's what makes it scary for me. Like, True, I'm like, that's what my that's where a lot of my privilege will come into play. I'm yeah, sure. I can see. Yeah. Still a black man though. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> Baby, yeah, I just I'd rather be safe than sorry, regardless. Stay not safe. about to get me right. Stay safe out here. <laughs> Stay safe. You're listening to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Now listen, I know that what is basic Trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic ass. <laughs> For me in this life Could be just the beginning for you Trans 
has been not having a place to go for the holidays because traditionally queer folks are ostracized and thrown out of their homes and are not welcome to their family events because of who they are. Now, in recent times, people are becoming a little bit more accepting. So you're going to find LGBTQIA people in holiday festivities. Now, that doesn't mean that there are not awkward moments. There are not problematic language being used, pronouns not being right, um, inappropriate questions being asked, all that kind of weird stuff. So if you are an ally and you see these things going on, we really appreciate when you step up and say, you know, that's not okay to me. I don't think you should be using the wrong pronouns for that person. I don't think you should be asking a lesbian family member questions about their sexual habits. I don't think you should be asking the gay guy cousin where his boyfriend at or where his girlfriend at or or whatever. You should not be asking inappropriate questions, invasive questions. And these are awkward situations that a lot of people don't like to especially in a family setting, in a family holiday setting, you don't want to kind of ruffle anybody's feathers. You don't want to be the the black sheep of the family that's causing all the problems, that's being petty, and that nobody want to invite because then you're going to be awkward with this tranny stuff and sensitive and all that kind of stuff. Nobody wants that kind of drama and label when they are there for the holidays. So, Sometimes we will be in situations where we won't say anything, even though we're fully uncomfortable. And sometimes we do. And we would love if you are an ally in the situation, if you have a a person that may be out of the box, if you are an ally, we love it when someone steps in to defend, steps in to educate Um, So that we don't have to do it. So we can just, you know, chill. We love. Now, now remember, if if you're not in the mood to do it, that's self-care. Don't. But if you are in a great mood and you have the energy to do that, (laughs) please make sure that um, you do it and you help that person acclimate themselves back into the situation or help that person along in training their family in the right way to engage with them. So that's trans 101 for the holidays. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) 
<laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So um, I wanted to talk t- uh, today about Summer Walker and her social anxiety that she has. Um, I was looking on social media and looking how people responded to it. And it was just like, it was really kind of, it was really sad. The fact that so the people who don't know Summer Walker. So for me, I've heard of her through social media. Yes, yeah, she's. But a, I don't know who she is. Like I know she's a, a entertainer, like a singer, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm out of the loop. What's the loop? What's her tea? Okay, so she is a singer. Um, she she canceled about twenty shows. She was supposed to do twenty shows, and uh, her statement was, she was like, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to finish this tour because it it doesn't really coexist with my social anxiety and my introverted and introverted personality. Oh, so she pulled a Lauren Hill. <laughs> well, I mean, but you know, it still stands. It like, don't align with my energy. Uh, well, okay, so she she said that basically, you know, I have social anxiety, and um, this is why I'm canceling the tour. I I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it, and um, she got a lot of backlash from that. A lot of people were not understanding. Um, they just they wore her out, and then she made a a statement. Uh, after they did that and was like, I, you know, um, basically I, I, I get tired, I get sad and it, and it's just a lot. And so I don't want to lose myself for someone from so for someone else. And I want to give a, a, give y'all what I can. So I'm, I'm going to keep making music and I'm going to do a few shows, but I can't finish. So it was like, she's still going to try, but she's not going to be able to finish this. It wasn't like she wasn't, she was just saying, fuck all y'all, how fuck all y'all but she was she's saying yeah i'm I'm still gonna try but then they just wore her out and she was like i you know what i've decided y'all y'all don't deserve me lol i knew from day one i was i was too real for this shit y'all can have the music and i'm just gonna head out she commented and then she was like fucked interviews photo shoots videos and in the shows really too mm-hmm. and i I was like, dang, like nobody could have been supportive. You, I mean, you never know what your support could be. And there's so many people that deal with social anxiety. So many people. Oh, it's a lot of people in the industry that do those things without saying it. Right. Yeah. Like Beyonce, I never, I haven't, I don't remember the last time I seen the interview from her. The don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or if I need a break, I don't talk about a break. I'm just yeah. going to break. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many artists. Look at Lauren Hill. That's one. Sade. Yeah. Um, there's people who don't who don't participate in the machine of I have to stay relevant and mm-hmm. put something out every single year right. just to stay relevant and just keep pushing out and making money. I don't there's some people and if and I think if you're good enough, mm-hmm. if you're good enough and you're talented enough, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um look at Rochelle Pharrell. Rochelle Pharrell, she ain't put out an album in years. Frank but, Ocean, but but trust and believe when when she puts yeah. ones out, the fans is gonna be like, all right, 
I would scoop it up with no yeah. problem. So if you have that kind of um, core fan base, then I think that is possible. But they don't really, They a lot of times they won't just say it. Yeah. And I think the difference in this situation is she is kind of just saying it mm-hmm. and talking mm-hmm. it through on social media, which mm-hmm. I just don't think is smart. I think you can just put a... Let just pay pub- everybody. Just put your publish, have your publishers type something up, a statement and say, hey... We're going. Uh, we need to take a break, and da 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 da. We'll be back with y'all soon. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, oh, I mean, do y'all think that the response would have been the same if she was a black man? Mm, I, well, I'm like I, I just talked about Frank Ocean. People kind of made it into like a cultural like thing, and like they accepted. They like, oh, that's just Frank. Oh, okay, make an album, Frank. But to them, it's like. But I, I do think there's a big difference between her, her actually saying it. But I do think it's because she's a black woman. It's like I don't know. I don't think that you don't. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think it's about. It's a gender thing. I think it's. I think there's a lot of people who are very, very interactive on social media. Okay. Okay. And so there's tons of people that are women who have done these type of things, take taking breaks, but didn't use social media to talk about it and work it through mm-hmm. on a public stage. Women and men. Look at Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. Look at... Um, yeah. Look at who else has taken breaks. There's a lot of you know. There's, there's that's so one that many. I remember when he was trying to go th- get off of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> when he was going through his stuff, some people just stop, just stop doing things, and it's just a really they don't because they don't engage with social media. A lot of people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't. Um, they don't have a chance to chime in, and by mm-hmm. the time they do, it might be. When they do the next interview to say, "Oh, I'm coming back. I got a new album coming." You see what I'm saying? Mm. Then we, then they're at, then the interviewer is asking questions like, "Oh, you took a hiatus," and da 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 da. And then we're wondering why. And mm. then but, there's the explanation. And then the explanation. <laughs> but she, because of her social media engagement, when we talk about like um, Ari Lennox, Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Um, even Lizzo, K Michelle, K Michelle. These people use social media a lot. Tamar Braxton. They they really engage with their people. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's not just I'm using social media to promote. It mm-hmm. is I am engaging with the culture with this tool. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so people like that um, open up the door, men or women, mm-hmm. um, to. For us to give our opinion about them as fans. Mm-hmm. For us, look at Lil Nas X. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they Because they use social media um, not just as promotion, just as them making social commentary, even, it, opens, it even, opens up. Even kind of Tyler, the creator, does that as yes. well. Mm-hmm. A, that is a mm-hmm. part of the culture now. Yeah. But everybody doesn't use that tool in the yeah. same way. Mm-hmm. And I think when you use it the way Cardi B does, the way Summer Walker does, the way Ari Lennox does, the way those people do it, you open up the door for it to blow up. Mm-hmm. I do. I do feel like sometimes people don't show black women no mercy. Cause I feel like it's okay for you. Like I know a lot of black women are tired of doing labor. It's just like, like they just want to fucking break sometimes and niggas don't be trying to hear that. I don't know. I don't. In this situation, I don't think it's like a matter of, 
is if she was a black man but i do feel like it's more so what diamond was talking about as far as like her being more vocal about it and just taking it to social media so basically both of you guys are saying that if she just would have you know just did it instead of telling everybody then maybe she it wouldn't have been the like, backlash and like i hope it, i i guess people it gave people that that i wouldn't i the guess it gave yeah it gave people door. that 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 ability to be able to share their commentary if that makes sense like mm-hmm. make it do a response because you said it i know i know a lot of people uh some responses where i understood it was like oh, okay you a celebrity i don't know if you in this arena you would kind of expect you to have to perform if you're a performer you would expect you to perform but okay okay and I, I got that too, but then it's like if you want to take a break, that's fine. Take yeah, your break. Yeah, because they're not machines; they're human, just <laughs> right. like we are. Everybody has their limit, and everybody's limit isn't the same. Yeah, yeah. I, it, some people can go like machines. Like when you think about um, Rihanna. Oh, what's her name? Rihanna. Um, Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Think she about took Rihanna. A break. Re- now she's on a break, but look how long Rihanna was putting out music. Rihanna was putting out music consistently over and over and over for multiple mm-hmm. years. Yes, she was. And then now she's on to the make. She went to the makeup and now the um the Fenty the Savage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now she's a break for music, but she's still working and making dating, her coins, yeah. making her coins, and dating princes and getting her life. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but wh- for, who um we I just watched a documentary on on Netflix and um what's the brilliant black woman um she she sing voodoo um i don't know the name of the song but i cast a spell on you oh nina Um, simone Simone. oh okay so um so like looking at her documentary and how it seemed like because she was it seemed like she was forced by her husband to just continue to continue to continue to work. Well, that that's what I seen. Maybe, maybe maybe that's just my interpretation. But it seemed like she just was. It seemed like she was just tired. In her of, younger years. Yeah, her yeah. younger years, just tired of just having to just work, 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 work. And she felt like a machine at one point. And she was just like, you know, I'm a person too, and I need some type of. She hid it and left her daughter. Yeah, and she went, went to, to Africa, Africa, and she felt like that was the best time of her life. And then when she. You know, she kind of had like some mental problems going on, and she's bipolar, diagnosed with bi- being bipolar. Yeah, but All I think that had a lot to do but with you, her relationship with her husband. The era she came up in, too, though. You yeah. got to think about that time as a black person. Period. Yeah, so she was she was dealing with a lot, but um, but I was talking about in the aspect of just like continuing it on and on and on, and it seemed like she didn't have a break, like. She, she it kind of mm-hmm. bothered her a lot looking in, yeah. when yeah, I, looked I don't want to think I don't want to talk about it in a sense of my point okay. is in a sense that I don't think we think that people can't take breaks like right. yes absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can take breaks I think it comes I think the the weirdness come in as a consumer it, it, mm. you don't uh, yes you get to take a break absolutely. Mm. Um, but when you get on the social media and you open it up for us to kiki about it and talk about it, honey, I'm going to tell you what I feel as the customer. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You just said, oh, I'm taking a break. In my mind, like you just put something out and said, I'm taking a break. 
And then you say, then that's just that. And I, I, in my mind, I'm be like, oh, she must be tiring, bitch. She need her a break. So cool. <laughs> it would have been just that. But you're going back and forth, and you're giving us a chance to, uh, you know, analyze it. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I'm gonna put my two cents in it. If you, you get what I'm saying? If I'm yeah. the yeah, if, you're, if you're invested too. Yeah, it's not that I don't think you should not take a break, mm-hmm. but if you're getting me a chance to speak my piece, <laughs> I'ma speak I'm a, my piece. <laughs> I'ma say, girl, honey, <laughs> don't keep us waiting too long. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because I want to hear some stuff from you. Right. And I think as consumers, we're selfish like that. Yeah. Because we like what we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't say we, I. I like what I like. <laughs> yeah. And, and... And I I want to hear your brilliance. I want to hear your brilliance as much as possible. Yeah. Does it, it will will the product that you give me be even better if you take your ass somewhere and take a break and live mm-hmm. life and blah 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 and then come back with this fire? I'm all for it. Go take a break, bitch, so you can come back with this <laughs> sickening album. So Mary did that a lot. You Mary know, J. Blige. Yeah. Ooh. So I and a lot of the great artists knows how to take a break and go live life and come back and say, Hey, this is what I learned in this era of my life. <laughs> so I appreciate that. But if you give me the chance to tell you, girl, I'm gonna say, girl, I want you to do, especially if I wanna see you and I ain't I'm I'm one of the consumers that hasn't seen you, mm-hmm. that hasn't been to a concert. I don't go to concerts, but um that hasn't um I, like I don't like that Beyonce doesn't do video, doesn't do interviews. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I'm a fan of yours. I want to see some in depth interviews. Mm-hmm. So, um, baby, Beyonce said, backtrack to Destiny Child. I have plenty of the dogs, <laughs> and those are the ones that I don't like. So <laughs> you were in your feminist mode. Yes, <laughs> you was in your nasty put some clothes on. I told you, you was in the country nasty girl. She did a lot of a lot of body language in her interviews yeah. back then, and she really wasn't a talker. And and really, maybe. Maybe that is it. Maybe, you know, she is a brilliant musician. Mm-hmm. She may not be a talker. Mm-hmm. So you get what I'm saying? I'm yeah. a, that may not be my strong suit. That may mm-hmm. make me look stupid because I'm not necessarily <laughs> stupid, but because I, I, have, I don't think about stuff. I'm just trying to make music. Right. So I may be a little shallow in that, in that part of my life. So I don't want to do interviews mm-hmm. because then that can make, that can tarnish my brain if i say something stupid mm. that could be strategic do you yeah. see what i'm saying because sometimes when i, when I yeah. hear her talking i'd be like mm. <laughs> you know just keep it real sometimes there's artists that i love that when i hear them talk i'm like mm, i could have dealt i could have lived without this a perfect example is doja cat i love her music i think I think when we talk about right now in this moment, mm-hmm. her videos are that cool shit that Missy Elliott used to do. Mm-hmm. Not used to do. She still does. But, mm-hmm. you know, she has some great entertaining, great visuals. She's doing her thing. I like her little, I like her song. So I really like Doja Cat. But when I hear her <laughs> interviews, I be like, you kind of homophobic. You ah, kind of. Really? I yeah, didn't know that. She's, she kind of got some shit about oh, that's her that's kind of weird. So, mm. you know, that's she got some thoughts that are like throw them in the trash thoughts for me. <laughs> <laughs> so she's one when I think about I'm trying to think of um mm. especially male entertainers. There's some people <laughs> I was ooh, thinking that. There's some people <laughs> I like their music oh, and then I hear Kodak Black when he was oh, ooh, baby. The worst. <laughs> 
<laughs> Just have your publicist talk for you. Oh, like vermin. Fucking <laughs> vermin. Um, just that that kind of trash is where I, you know, <laughs> now when I, I I listen to the song and I'm twerking and I'm getting my life and it's one of my turn up <laughs> songs and now I hear this interview from you and I'm like, oh, now I don't. Now when I hear the song, I'm like, oh, this motherfucker trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you know, off. shit like that. It, it happens. <laughs> definitely happens a lot with um <laughs> men. Um, T T I was one. Mm, absolutely was one before i got to you know now he's doing a lot more talking than he used to and mm. so but now i'm hearing his mindset <laughs> i don't even fucking like your music no more like i don't listen to it mm-hmm. it used to be you know back in um um you know mid-2000s or whenever mm-hmm. he was you know when popping. nelly was popping at the same time or, or what i don't whatever um, whatever he, I don't remember. He had some song. What's his, when was what um, you know you about that? You, like. oh. you can have whatever you like. Is that what maybe like 2006, 2005? Yeah, that was him. I love that song. I, it used to be a turn up. I used to like stuff like that. And then when I hear you talk now, I don't absolutely listen to anything that he does. Yeah. So sometimes I might, you, I might need to be in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I might need to be in the dark, and so, and I think some people know that, and right. I think some artists know that, so they don't do stuff. Uh, but you know, I do want more, and I will ask for more if I'm an artist, if I'm a, um, if I'm a consumer. But I do know that your self care is the number one most important thing. Yeah, like, especially for especially being an art. If you like a true artist, sometimes you need that inspiration. You need to go away and get that inspiration mm-hmm. and create. Yeah. So I think even for us, like when we, you know, we consciously made a decision that we're going to take a break once in October. In October mm-hmm. every year in October, um, and it gives a, it gives us a chance not to be on the same every week schedule. Go take a break, or the, not me because I still have to. I put this this year. I put stuff out. It kind of seemed like the break <laughs> was we were still working at the same time, which I don't yeah, mind at like, all. So I was like, ooh, okay. It's I don't know. And when it's something that you love, it's okay to kind of do it, mm-hmm. but also. If you do it so much to where you don't love it anymore, yeah. So, sometimes that can be heartbreaking. And yeah. that's like where Nina, Nina Simone was going. That she, um, you know, when we talk about Adele, Adele said, you know, I got to go live life and have some babies and da 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 and get married and live life so I can bring y'all some music. Mm-hmm. So if, especially if you are a creator of your music, you're not just recording some other people's mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. Like if you're an artist that just records other people's songs, mm-hmm. then cool. But if you're a person who, are a part of the whole aspect of the creation of the art, mm-hmm. then it's like, you know, I need to be able to live life and and um, experience things mm-hmm. so that I can give you this music in depth or give you this novel in depth or give you this mm-hmm. whatever art form that you do in depth. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do it so much that it becomes mechanical. Yeah. Um, assembly line. And I'm just putting something out. It has no flavor or it might have flavor but i really i'm just it, I, i'm just putting some out mm-hmm. just or it because sounds I'm the high, same or it sounds the same or it's it's not pushing pushing culture forward in regards to being something new in mm-hmm. the music in order for you to be creative and be new and be um something different and out the box you got to go do the work to do that you yeah. got to go do the work mm-hmm. you got to go figure it out or I'm going to be this machine that's just going to put out these same old, same old songs that you heard before that you've seen. So if I don't take a break 
and get out of um, the same routine. The same routine. You're not going to get quality music. If mm-hmm. I don't have my mental, my mental capacity, um, um, and sh- and I've got my therapy and I got my shit working on my mental stuff, I'm not gonna give you the quality that you deserve as mm-hmm. my audience. Mm-hmm. So let me go take a break. Mm-hmm. Should it be ten years? But she's not talking about. She's talking about stopping. And so that's what's strange. That's what's like, But oh. it was a backlash. Like, and some people, you know, I guess they, you know, it just depends on how they feel. And, like, I, I felt like that was really personal for her. Like, she wanted to open up to everybody about it. And they just wore her out. Mm. Yeah. But, by the way, Nina Simone is so brilliant. Oh, my God. Like, watching that documentary about her on Netflix made me see her in a, such a different light. Like. Gosh, she's amazing. Yeah, she is. She is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, yep, that, that's what I wanted to talk about as far as social anxiety. Um, do you have social anxiety? I do. I do have social anxiety where I'm like, ooh, bitch, I kind of don't. <coughs> like, But I think a lot of people deal with it. Like, okay, I've had pro- points where... Um, I was like, ooh. Like, you know, when you're approaching a place where you're about to go out and you're like, ooh, like, you start to feel like you, <laughs> you start getting gassy and, <laughs> and you have to use the restroom. I don't know. So I'm like, no, I, I have I don't like, have that. I don't have that. Um, I, I can't say I have that socially i don't think that's that's what like if i like if i know that i'm going to do a speech somewhere and i need to be nervous about i got i'll have that feeling uh-huh. but not like not like if i'm walking in a club or if i'm walking somewhere it, i don't think those feelings for me are based in social it is for me yeah. like i i get i get anxiety because i just just growing up and like what i've i've dealt with going out in public and just people crazy ass shit that I, that they they decide that they feel like they are entitled to and saying and just and then men give me a lot of social anxiety because they they're the agency they're that the they fucking dangerous yeah and then just like <laughs> like the entitlement that they think that they have over you or how how they treat you at, like an object it just can be a lot especially if you're by yourself yeah definitely. Yeah, they're dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, do you? Um, no, I don't. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with my male privilege that I have now. Before, when I transitioned, um, there was a little bit, but it was mostly around like my own dysphoria. Like it was like I didn't like how I looked, so I would, like like I would always wear the same stuff and the same pattern because like I like how certain stuff look on me and so like if I went out of that element out of that comfortability that comfort zone when I would try to push myself I would have like moments of social anxiety like uh, hey how my body looks right now boom 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 but it wasn't um and plus I'm kind of an introvert so it would be periods of times where I haven't gone out for a long time and I would kind of be like oh it's a lot going on but with that practice of pushing myself to go out, that social anxiety went away. And now me being comfortable with myself and having that male privilege is a lot more comfortable for me. Uh, tell me this. When did you 
do you remember a time when you first experienced the difference in navigating the world as a stud woman mm-hmm. and a, now a man? Like, did you, was there a moment in your life where you was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is, <laughs> this feels totally different. Can you describe that for me? When it was, it happened when I started to get more gay male attention, mm-hmm. like that switch to where, cause gay men not about to be attractive to, attracted to nothing that look feminine cause they gay men. So some are maybe very specific. I mean, feminine in a way of where you look like woman. Yeah, some gay men like women, but they're like super, super specific. Like you have to look. So you're specific. not going to notice that, though, because they're like very rare. Yes. The social aspect of it. You, when you go into a gay club that's mixed with lesbian gay men. Oh, yeah. That's the true. gay men is not fucking with the lesbians <laughs> like that. You can look around and watch it. Now, is there one gay man in the crowd? They'd be like, oh, you cute. Like, oh, I fuck yes. with a stud or I fuck with a lesbian. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but in general, if you go to a nah. gay club that's mixed, like that the lesbians be staying with themselves they mm-hmm. make kiki hey, girl, <laughs> that kind of stuff but in in regards to interaction right you don't see that also as far as like for, first it would be like the i would start to get gay male gays g-a-z mm-hmm. and then not from straight men anymore and then on top of that dealing with women they were more they started to get more aggressive with me and talk more direct and stuff like that. When you were a guy. Yeah, when okay. when I started to be read as male, they started to be more direct and not giving a fuck about my feelings and just <laughs> just like whatever. <laughs> just operate how they want to operate. So those were major pointers and just even as a stud, I still operated as like a I was talking to me about this earlier. I still operated as a pretty woman, so there still was a lot of privilege that came with that. And then I was masculine, so it was on some like straight men were still relaxed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They were still relaxed, but not like how they are with you. It wasn't like, ooh, a piece of meat I got to come after. It was never really like that. You know, that was predator and prey syndrome. Yeah, I didn't really operate film, so it wasn't like that. But as far as the big difference I noticed, it was like the gay male gaze came and then women started to be more direct. Yeah, I, I could see that because when I, I'm, I'm a people watcher. So I, 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 I pay attention to like what I see people doing. And when it comes to me watching how lesbians interact, my observation is how they engage with each other is really cautious. Mm. Like they really, you know, they really are thoughtful about, you know, how I'm going to approach this girl. How am I going to, um, you know, I I, I want to approach her in a certain way where I'm not a creep and da 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 da. I was nah. like that. Where, yeah, you know, there's a little bit more caution. But when I when I see how um, bisexual women who date women and men, when I see the difference in how they re- how they engage with women and how mm-hmm. they engage with men, 
mm-hmm. I can totally see how that could be an experience. Because mm-hmm. if I'm looking at a bisexual woman, she's way more aggressive with a dude mm-hmm. than how she is with a... When she's attracted to a dude, mm-hmm. she'd be like, what's up, nigga? It's way more aggressive. But when it's with a woman... Her strategy is a little bit more cautious. It's yes. a little bit more thoughtful. It's a little <laughs> bit more how I'm going to engage with her. Mm-hmm. How, it's a, not necessarily cat and mouse isn't um, the word. Not cat and mouse. It's more. There's more of a a cautious dance, mm-hmm. uh, like in between them. Yeah, where, there is. Where mm-hmm. it, with a guy, and maybe it's because you can be like that with a guy. Yeah. Or yeah, 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 I, I yeah. feel like you can, but. Mm. They won't see it as no thread. Yeah, like they're used to being the aggressor. So, like, mm. if you if it's coming from a woman, they're like, "Oh, this is interesting. Let me entertain it." Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. I just that was curious to see how when when that exactly happened. I know for did it happen for you? I I, I remember for you, Mia, because mm-hmm. I remember as growing up, I I could see a distinct difference in the social. For me, going from a queer boy mm-hmm. to a woman, the social things that happen, like I remember a difference. Yeah, it just is immediately. Um, even with the late patriarchy, like even with uh, there were certain things that came with being a woman. There was certain things like um, even like the small shit, like opening doors. Yeah, like opening mm. doors. Um, them not well depending on like the the surroundings or the situation Mm -hmm. the environment they didn't seem um they they didn't seem as much of a can i say a threat yeah i I know what you mean even with the patriarchy yeah even with the there are moments engaging with men that can be dangerous and disgusting and blah 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 but and that and that's like fifteen percent of the engagement. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's just me just saying a number. Mm-hmm. I would for me fifteen percent of the engagement is some negative weird ass late shit. <laughs> but that other eighty five percent, it may not be good engagement, mm-hmm. but it's not where I feel like I'm un- unsafe. Mm-hmm. There is some engagement where um that kind of middle of it where. There was a certain care if I was perceived as a cis woman. There was a certain care that I got with mm-hmm. men, you know, and that could be rooted in patriarchy too. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm supposed to protect women, or we're supposed to be chivalrous, and da 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 da. So you know, it, I did see a difference that how I was treated as when read as a cis woman um, in the just the small social circles, mm-hmm. and I think when I really. When I really noticed it was when I moved to Mississippi. Mm. When I moved to Mississippi and I was in country ass rural Mississippi mm-hmm. and I was in spaces where people didn't know, um, you know, I was trans. Um, it just was really quite different. It was really quite different. I hadn't I wasn't used to it mm-hmm. and I had to adjust to it. Um, get spoiled by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was some, you know, because I hadn't experienced mm-hmm. that because I was always the trans girl in my hometown. I m- because I grew up there, people knew me. I was popular in the city, and so, put you in this box. Yeah, so it was always that. And so, it's almost like it affirms your womanhood. Like when, yeah, absolutely. It, especially when you go into a place that people don't know you, because you know when you 
when you're in a city where people know you, you you know that everybody's about all the train is about to be late. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna give you all the shenanigans. But it, then it, like it switch from that fifteen percent, <laughs> it switch all the way up to eighty. Right, <laughs> eighty late. Baby, if you're a queer trans queer person or a trans woman mm-hmm. for me. Something I also had to think about that that thing that's that's gonna suck about the male pri- and being red as male and it's gonna suck about that male privilege is i'm a trans man that wouldn't mind carrying and so i'm going to be stealth when i carry so people aren't gonna be like oh let me give you this seat and let me hold the door for you because you're pregnant nobody's gonna be thinking that oh, they're just gonna be thinking you a fat bitch. man yeah. A beer belly man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder how, That's like, something. if you're working, will they give you my paternity leave? I don't know because my gender markers change and stuff. I don't know. I would like sneak on the law and be like, "Bitch, I'm pregnant." If you work at a trans friendly company, maybe that will work. But I don't know. But I've been thinking about. I've been wondering about that actually. I mean, they I, do have paternity leave, but I don't. Is it well? Some everybody's different, but um. There is some paternity leave, but I don't think it's as long as the maternity leave. Is that? Mm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think think it's like like three weeks. Three weeks. That's exactly what I thought. Like three weeks. Where I think the women is like six. Say like six months? I think it's. No, no, no. Or six weeks. No, it's like six weeks. (laughs) That's that's that. You can use your PTO, honey. Yes. If you won't log into that, okay. Yes, that's that. That's that gray area. That's that's scary to think about navigating. But I think me. there will be some exceptions. Like what I what I thought about is like I wouldn't have to spill my tea to everybody. I would kind of like like if I if it was me, I would like contact go above everybody. Go go straight to HR. You know, because you know they're not directly going to influence you, and then get your decision from them. Mm. and tell them that you want it to be private and you don't want nobody to know your tea and, you know, kind of just wing it that way. Mm-hmm. That's a good strategy. <laughs> Folks can't hold water. And, and, and although they may be HR and they, they're putting on the image of professionalism, <laughs> I can see them just spilling it. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those secrets like, don't tell nobody. Don't tell but, nobody I told you. Tell, 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 tell. Then that person says, don't tell nobody I told you. <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm going to be like, fuck it. As long as I can get what I need, that's fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> if mm. I can get them eight, two weeks off, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, so we went to a lot of places. Oh, we did. Um, <laughs> Summer Walker, take your breaks. Um, people, take your breaks. And let people take their breaks. Yes. So it's that season where it's open enrollment for most insurance companies. It's open enrollment right now for a lot of places. And I just want to give y'all a list of companies, insurance companies that cover gender reassignment surgery, cover um, uh, psychiatric help, cover hormones, all these different things. And yeah, so one is Aetna, A-E-T-N-A, Amerigroup, Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, Cigna, Emblem Health, Esselis, Group Health Cooperative, Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, HealthNet, Health Partners, United Healthcare, WellPoint, Wellmark, 
Independence Blue Cross and Highmark. So if y'all need a little, um, like if you go to a trans-friendly doctor and you need to get some insurance that'll help cover your hormones, those will help. Um, Also, you never know what complications you can get from surgeries. You might need to get, you know, your insurance to help out to pay for them complications because... It's, it's a lot of those that go on yeah, more than people care to talk about. Right. So, um, them yeah. Post-op vaginas, everybody exclaim, are just above and beyond. We needing a lot of, of uh, revisions, revisions and work. Yeah. And there's there's been like, for trans men, there's that, um, that stage right now to where they're still trying to develop the perfection of phalloplasty. So it's like a lot of complications that be seeing that be going on. I'm like, oof, that's so scary. Cause like uh, the the biggest thing I've heard is like infections and stuff like that. That's the biggest thing. I would just be afraid if they pumped it up, pumped it up, pumped it up to get erect, and they pumped it up too much and it exploded. Uh, oh, that <laughs> sounds scary. <laughs> okay, can you erase the poor daughter? <laughs> Take that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. I didn't think about that, but I'm pretty right. sure they won't have it to where it can inflate that far. Mm. Maybe that's just my imagination. I'm I'm more so leading on towards metoidioplasty because if you that? get metoidioplasty, it's, it's the clitoral release. Uh, if you get metoidioplasty, you still can get phalloplasty later. So I'm leaning towards metoidioplasty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought about colon plasty or whatever the budget called. What? I mean, semicolon plasty or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> semicolon plasty. Semicolon plasty. Diamond know what I'm talking about. Well, they take some it's, of your colon and make it your. Your. your yeah. vag- but I thought about that, but then I heard it's a shitty kitty down there, girl. For <laughs> no, like a, a while, no, girl, you know, no. you're going to have to wear grandma pads in order to, no. like, for a whole year. <laughs> no, they use the lining of your colon so that it can stay moist. The mucus be yeah. smelling shitty, though. <laughs> no, mm. not if it's just the lining. What makes it smell shitty is the shitty pads. Like, <laughs> the, the boo-boo <laughs> passing across it. <laughs> but when they take it out, it, it, they clean it and, you know, it's it, it's put where it's supposed to be. It's a whole different situation. Okay. But a lot of times, but the, sh- <laughs> the shitty kitty comes from somebody who is doing the surgery wrong and they get the hole too close to your rectum and that there's something goes wrong in that regards to placement and stuff like that. And so... That is some of the complications that could happen. Mm. <laughs> and so um, it's Gosh. not necessarily the colon thing that you, the procedure that you're speaking of that makes it a shitty <laughs> Semicolon. <laughs> Semicolon plasty. <laughs> That's the first. So, oh, yeah. Lord. Wait, Y'all? let me get the right one because, girl, I don't want to be giving the people the wrong information. No, I know what you mean. I know exactly the procedure that you're talking about. Um, I I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I have gotten to the point of my transition <laughs> that I am quite comfortable with my body as is. Mm-hmm. Um, there is 
some vanity surgeries that I might want. You know, like, mm-hmm. I know BBL. I, I don't want you to take the fat and put it somewhere else. I want you to take it and throw it in the trash. So just a cute little lipo. <laughs> yeah, a cute little lipo. <laughs> you know, some vanity stuff. A cute little lipo. I don't need you to put... I got a big-ass ass. <laughs> I got big-ass titties. <laughs> Every, I have big things. I just don't want no... Um, stomach and weight so if you take all the fat out of there and throw it away don't put it nowhere just throw it put it in the trash <laughs> so that's it so I, you know some vanity things i might want to get some veneers i like my teeth but they look like natural normal teeth and i don't want my teeth to look like natural normal teeth i want some i want the million dollar smile i want those gucci manes i want those um <laughs> those k michelles those nini leaks I, for some reason i like those teeth that looks like i Boxing. paid a lot of money for these uh, chiclets i paid a lot of money for these these look like I, now i want them to look good but um but i like the ones that look like oh those are bling those are bling bling teeth yes <laughs> i like those kind of teeth um so i those are the vanity things but they mm-hmm. they don't have anything to do do with my transition so mm, but okay. as far as my just my my transition stuff i am done physically transitioning mm. um in regards to that i am comfortable with my body and i've worked hard to get to a point where I have literally no shame about my body. You feel affirmed. Literally, I feel affirmed. Mm. I feel, um, you know, I got, I don't want to say I cured my dysphoria. That feels weird. Because it's going to be there even if all that stuff was taken away. I do feel you think, weird about wait, it. do you think you would feel dysphoria if the FFS? had a reverse effect or the the surgeries had a reverse that's what i'm saying so i've gotten to the point with the surgeries that i've had the the stuff that i have done to where when i look in the mirror i don't be like oh god Mm. i wish i wish i wish i wish i wish and Mm. oh god this makes me look so masculine Mm. oh god this makes me you know i'm not in that place Mm. And, it's, and I haven't been in that place for a long time, mm-hmm. particularly when my body got as vivacious, mm-hmm. when it when I got the thickness that I like and I had gained, I was on hormones and I had gained weight and I was soft. I didn't see no, that look, I don't know if you had it when you were skinnier, but that little cut right here in your arm. I've <laughs> never had that cut. Bitch, the I've always been weak up here. <laughs> I wasn't I got strong, but even when I was skinny, I, it wasn't like they were, it was muscular, but there is, it's a little cut right here. That I know what I you mean. when I gained weight, it went away. In my arm. Ooh, that every, means if you pop somebody, girl, they're gonna feel it. it. Be. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I would see it when I was skinnier, and I would see it, and I'd be like, "Oh, my arms look masculine." That that cut that Angela Bassett had in um, <laughs> Tina Turner, in, in, in Tina Turner, yeah, that all of that. So when I would see it, I'd be like, "Oh, that looks masculine." And, uh, be real self conscious about it. Um, getting you know, getting my body, the my body to that point has really not eliminated totally, but I want to say like really, really, I really, really have very few times that I feel insecure mm-hmm. about my look in regards to my gender, in regards to that. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's, it just, it's not, 
nowhere near yeah. that it was in my like early 20s and late teens I just which is good but you yeah. worked hard for it yeah I, I just been wanting to get insurance to because there's some guys that's able that's been able to go to a surgeon i want to go to for top surgery through insurance so i'm like i need to get on insurance yeah. this year so i can get that out of the way because that will really really alleviate Almost all of it. I, I have a little bit with my face, but the beard can really mask mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of that. And over time, your brow bone grows with anybody. Yeah. So I really feel like top surgery will seal the deal for me. Mm-hmm. I might want Matoyoplasty later. Or if they, know. yeah, I think I, I think that's something I do want to go for. I, that's something I, that's almost I'm like 90% it's, it just scares me because for some reason the well, thought okay, of so explain Matoidioplasty we gotta do that on another show okay yeah, yeah. we gotta do that on another okay. show the thing that scares me topic. yeah it's just the most when I when I think about bottom surgery I just think about some have to go into your urethra that's really what bothers me <laughs> most mm-hmm. like even with a hysterectomy that scares me and I want to hit oh I want a hysterectomy too I forgot about that but uh just that just scares me the most when it comes to surgery mm. i think insurance for me is now at this age i'm i'm over 35 and it, when i remember when i was younger and you hear about diseases like mm. any kind of disease like heart disease cancer um diabetes whatever the disease is the the physical health ailment it was always, you know, for people over 35, you have to do da 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 For mm. people over 35, your, your, your risk increased to da-da-da-da-da-da. Prostate mm. cancer. People over 35. Da-da-da. So it was always in my mind that after 35, you got to worry about your health. Mm. <laughs> and so in order for me, and then a lot of things, in order for you to survive them, like cancer, mm-hmm. it is really, really... It takes your risk super, super, um, it takes your chances really, really high to survive it if you detect it early. Mm-hmm. And you need insurance to be able to go to the doctor so they can detect it. it so they Unless can, you got a know, coin. Yeah, exactly. No, you have to have a cute coin yeah, and tonight. I, I've never had a coin. <laughs> you know, I've been very poor to working class. <laughs> so, so for me, the insurance just give me now is important because I want to be able to go get mammograms. I want to be able to go and check stuff out, get my prostate check, get the, you get what I'm saying, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I want to be able to check this stuff out without it breaking the bank. I, yeah. You know, that's why insurance is important to me at this age. Yeah. Where just, when I was younger, I didn't, it was like, mm, it's surgery, just, surgery, surgery, surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just so, it's just... It's expensive, man. Yeah. <laughs> it could be up to like if you want the like to the be legit. able to get these surgeries, you have to pay for the best bundle, like the best insurance plan they got to be able to cover these things, and that's up to like what two hundred over two hundred dollars. It's like fucking in- car insurance for me, like shit. That's a lot. And I think it just like talking to people and seeing what what insurance they had that helped cover these surgeries that helps as well. Like, but then I, like I was talking, I think I I was talking about this on the other um, episode, just like which doctors will be like the go-tos that can do good work 
for like are you the, saying like the best doctors usually don't take insurance they usually don't because they're mm. so expensive mm. and then you have but to settle for the girls that are kind of okay from what i've heard some doctors don't accept insurance because the insurance companies only pay them so much they would pay them lower than what they would normally get if they just charge for out of pocket so that's mostly why doctors are like, nah, we good on this side. But some doctors are like, hey, I already get enough people that pay out of pocket already. Come on and we'll accept your insurance. The insurance money is guaranteed. Cool. It w- and then some of them, they, they see our surgeries as cosmetic as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, cool. yes. It's like, oh, you, but you don't need this. Like, you're doing fine. Mm-hmm. You don't. This is not something that's that's hurting your health but when statistics show when trans people are able to afford or get their operations the quality of life is better absolutely transition is for the privilege yes (laughs) it not not in real life terms because it's for everybody if you you know right if it's for you but if for it to be not necessarily successful that's the wrong word um for it to be um for you to transition safely for you to transition safely in a healthy way, you have to have money. Yes. You have to have money if you don't, you know. Depending on what look you want. Now, we're not saying that you have to have surgeries in order to be the girl or the guy that you want to mm-hmm. be. Because, you know, everybody's defined differently and they define themselves differently. But the majority of people that I I know, the surgeries the, that have affirmed them have made them feel better and yeah. the quality of life has changed. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been proven by studies that people that medically transition that are transgender, their overall mental health goes up. Mm-hmm. So that's already, you can look that up. That's proven. Yeah. A lot of people be like, hey, you hate yourself, blah, blah. No, I love myself to do this for myself. Absolutely. And this so. will make me feel happy, like especially yeah. as a trans man, and you want you want to be able to just take your shirt off in the goddamn summertime when you see all these cis men wearing walking around with the abs out and just carefree and like that's a that's a privilege to be able to take off your shirt in this hot outside. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I, I, I think when that that feeling was really strong for me was in college, because in college was when the body difference. Baby was really drastically different. Mm-hmm. So, like in in <laughs> in high school, of course there was a body difference, but in high in my high school, you had some girls that were like bada bing, bada boom, but mostly no. Mostly they were, mm-hmm. you know, skinny. Um, still going adoles- through puberty because they're children. Because we're children. Right, yes. right, right. And so the difference between the male body and the female body in the moment wasn't as drastic in high school. But so college. It, but baby. <laughs> college. <laughs> There's a difference, darling. Yeah. It was a drastic. College in Mississippi? <laughs> it was giving cornbread collard greens baby black women college in Atlanta yeah it it just was much different that's when I noticed it more but also (laughs) I think it's it's a social difference so this is also in high school our as as girls our how we dress was really controlled 
Oh yeah. And shamed. Yeah. And mm. you know, you could you could go get detention if your shorts were too short or you know, your titties was the cleavage was too low. Or your and hair. Da, 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 or you know, it's so many things that could that were policed in high school were in college we didn't have that same policing mm-hmm. there was a level of it but it was really like social mm-hmm. it was like well she dressed like that da, da, da. it wasn't like actual enforced by school and administration and da 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 da, da. Mm-hmm. It, it was a little different so and we lived on campus so at nighttime you know <laughs> it depends you know everybody in that you know clothes or whatever they want to wear and Blah, 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 blah. So it, it just was a level of freedom that we had in college. So you were able to see a little bit more in regards to the difference, in regards to the development. It, and so for me, that was the time for mm. me where the pressure, and it was a time that I first got pumped by silicone because the pressure was so, mm. was so high for me at that time. Really? I, ooh, I, I can't, I, I don't remember. Um, Yeah, this is the only time in my life that I felt like, there was a very big pressure for me to develop at a faster a, pace. A, a definitely a difference. Yeah, it was definitely a difference. Mm-hmm. I was a slim, you know, a little booty or something. Look, you know, a little one too. A little one too, but it wasn't, you know, what I was seeing. Um, I actually I hadn't been on. I had been. I got on hormones when I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I was in Mississippi and didn't have a doctor. Uh-huh. Remember, that was in Indiana when I had found the doctor. But then when I went to Mississippi, I didn't know anybody, and they didn't have anybody. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they weren't as developed in regard to trans. It was rural. It was rural as fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, in in Jackson, it was a rural, but mm-hmm. um, but definitely in a rural spot. No, in mm-hmm. Water Grove, no. But in Jackson. It wasn't rural. It was a city, and it. But they didn't have the transgender development. This was the resources. The resources. This was in ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. You get what I'm saying? Two thousand two, mm-hmm. um, three, four, all that kind of shit. So it was. They didn't have the resources. Like literally, the girls who lived in Jackson, mm-hmm. it was probably two in the whole city who were full time. Mm-hmm. That's how backwards it was. From the city that I came from, no, so, that's 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 how it was in my yeah, city it too. Probably like two, maybe maybe two and a half, maybe. <laughs> two and so a when half. you came through, you really shook it up if they knew your team. Yeah. Titty. So and then you know, usually <laughs> the girls who were quote unquote considered the trans girls, you could at any day go to their job and see them dressed as a boy because they couldn't live it full time because they mm. wouldn't survive, mm. and so um. Or they couldn't, you know, the people at their job said, no, you can't. So the pressure, me, when I went in college, it just was a, it was a definite pressure. That is, I have to say that in that moment of my childishness, mm-hmm. in my um, non-maturity, those were the reasons that led me to getting that black market silicone where, you know, I'm on somebody's bed with some cotton balls. <laughs> Does that hurt? Um... That sound like that's painful. Yeah. Damn. But it's like I this is the only thing I, I know that I can do in I order to feminize to. myself it's and what I had access yeah. to. Ouch. Was it like a big needle? But it wasn't no. unheard of back no. then. Like that's the way a lot of women transition. Like like a lot of women transition with silicone. They put it in their face, they put it in their in their breast, and their and their butt. And it was like like if you didn't have the coin for it. This was the easy way to get it. I literally call people. You got to understand, first of all, when I was, um, 
at this time in my life, I'm 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get implants. And so when I called and was like, and at that time, you know, I had only worked at Wendy's and rallies. <laughs> and so getting at the time, I think the price that they quoted was like 5200 52 at the time. I think I found one that was 36 but I didn't like they work, but uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But between 3600 and 5200 mm-hmm. And when I looked at my bank account, <laughs> Thirty-two hundred or fifty-two hundred, I that was rich to me. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I had never seen that amount of money. Like, of course, now I have, but Mm -hmm. then I had never seen Mm -hmm. that amount of money. Never, 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 and didn't even couldn't even imagine (laughs) how I would get there. And then when Mm -hmm. I tried to look at my checks from the work study, (laughs) look Mm -hmm. at my checks from my little um. Fast food jobs, and I'm dividing this amount of money. They how pay. many hours I gotta work? How long it's gonna take? How long is, I will be doing this for four or five years. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it was totally astronomical to me when here go this person who has pumped somebody who I've seen them pump somebody, and they're charging one hundred and twenty five dollars, <laughs> or one hundred and fifty dollars, mm-hmm. or you know, you get what I'm saying? They're giving these little things, and so. It was way more accessible. Mm. And so then you go through the process of tricking your mind and like, oh, this person did it and they didn't die. This person <laughs> did it. <laughs> and it. And it may not be even that direct. It'd be like, oh, yeah, I, she got the work done. And it she looks good. good. And you, you, you talk through it and you kind of convince yourself that. And literally in that moment in my life, now mm. it's not true, but in that moment in my life, I had never heard of somebody dying mm-hmm. at that time. Now I've heard somebody getting deformed or you know some bad Oof. stuff, but I hadn't. Most of the, those were very small numbers. Most of the girls that I knew that had it, they were living their life. It was like, oh, she's fish, and she's you know she's these she got the stuff. She got her titties, and she can get in a bikini and look good. And mm-hmm. there there was these positive situations mm-hmm. and so now no because I, I know directly people who have passed away mm-hmm. um so but at the time you just just in my childishness and immaturity and you know being young and living on the edge yeah. boom mm-hmm. and then that's what it was and also anytime you really go under the knife period you risking that period and that's that's really the lanes trans people are willing to go because i've met i've seen some trans men who have like botched top surgery or some some complications that went wrong and paid thousands and thousands of dollars to go to these doctors and still are risking deformity still are risking those still risking deaths and complications so hey get I it how you live who had who got bad a really close friend who got bad silicone, and she has been to one, two, three doctors to get her face revised and redone, and mm. she's still going through um, anxiety about it. Mm. She's still going through um, insecurities about it, and I I think 
that it looks better than it did at first, you know, at first. So I think each time that she got it done, it made her look better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she still has some insecurities about it. And um, all she was trying to do in the moment was just like me, where I'm just trying to be a girl. And trying to pass. Mm-hmm. Right, and trying to do what I th- what I have access to to look better. And, I, and I, I, it, it pisses me off when I hear... Like when I see people talk down on girls mm. who make that decision, yeah, it's it's really really um, and try to shame them and try to um, just really talk down on them. It really pisses me off when I see it because it you, they're speaking from a place of privilege yes. and not necessarily um, privilege in regards to money usually in regards to money but usually in regards to you don't know where i was at in that moment right you don't know where i was at in that moment what i needed when it comes to my transition Mm -hmm. and i'm speaking from experience like in that moment i was going through one of the most tumultuous times of my life and my transition was the only thing that was giving me happiness Mm -hmm. Like literally, I'm coming to uh, HBCU as a first trans woman, living in a male's dorm, folks trying to burn me with scarlet hot water. You get what I'm saying? Folks trying to, on every turn, talking shit about me, reading and making me the butt of the joke. So I'm going through that. Mm -hmm. I'm going through my mother being in the midst of her addiction, Mm -hmm. dropping me off in college Mm-hmm. With twenty dollars and never gave me any uh, any kind of other kind of support. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm totally poor, totally poor. I'm washing my clothes in the sink of a dorm mm-hmm. because at that time we didn't have a a laundry mat. At the time, I didn't have a car to get to the one that that was close, and I didn't want to be a trans woman walking with fucking clothes. It it was so much. It was so much of, and nobody knew. Because I was ashamed and didn't want to tell people what was going on. Let me keep it absolutely really gutter. I had to, I only could take a shower one time a day. Mm. Because I couldn't throughout the day in hot ass Mississippi. Mm. I couldn't throughout the day go take a shower because dudes were coming in and out the fucking shower. And would be either trying to bother me or fuck with me. Really? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I had to wait till late, late at night. Probably like in the a.m. In the a.m. Having having a seven, eight o'clock class in the morning. Damn. I would have, and other people would be getting up at that time. So I had to beat them. So the people who had you early. Had to find that witch I had hour. to fit that witching hour, which, which was, and it had to be after everybody was done partying and coming from the club. You see what I'm saying? So I had to, it's usually was around 4, 3.34 in the morning. That's when I would have to take my showers. That's when, and that's just keeping it real. This is how I had to navigate the world. It's a lot. But you made it work. But I made it work. And you know, this is what, what um, I got through, how I got, you get what I'm saying? This Mm -hmm. is what created who I am today. So in that moment at 19, 18, 19, when I needed this change to happen, you can't judge me on the decisions that I made. You're right. You don't because know the that degree. That was really brave of you. Like, as a trans woman, to be like, okay, 
I'm going to college. Y'all about to put me in the boys dorm? Okay, I'm going to do it. Some trans women's trend um dysphoria is so high that they couldn't even do that. That's like that's the boldest shit. Like, bitch, I'm not because there's so much that you, like I could just imagine the shit that you had to go through being in the boys dorm when you just trying to get an education just like everyone else. Yeah. So and it's, and I'm not trying to bring that. I'm trying to I'm trying to give you a, a just a range. I can't even explain to you the range of things that I was dealing with in the moment. I, I just like that. It, it's multiple things. The the microaggressions that professors would do. Um, dealing with the microaggressions in the cafeteria. Dealing with um, um, finding hair. Finding quality hair in Jackson, Mississippi in 2000. <laughs> Baby, I, I was a saga girl. <laughs> yes, Bobby Brown. Saga ribbon. Well, not Bobby Brown. Bobby Blast. Is, what is that? Was, that, was that the um, hair? Don't ask me. I only um, got saga Remy. Saga. All of that. You know, track hair. And finding quality. Baby, or you get that shit that only lasts a week and get uh, Milky real Way, bitch. Milky Way. <laughs> so finding quality hair that I could use. You feel what I'm saying? And I can't afford to go to a stylist. I have to fi- do this shit myself. Mm. Finding quality wigs, finding quality hair. Just in a city that I'm not from. Damn, a lot. <laughs> I met these girls. Um excuse me, before I went to, um, before I got my work study job, so I'm poor, my, my, from June to my work study, my very first work study check was probably in, um, into September, from, from June, you know, like May, so from May to September, my mother dropped me off for summer school, for the summer semester, my mother dropped me off with $20. I had twenty dollars that may. had to last. <laughs> what between May? <laughs> Do you and know how hard that is? Underst- I want you to understand. <laughs> Bitch, go get you a package of ramen noodles and spread it out, girl. I Cut want you half. to understand. I, I I really want you to understand. Damn. So what did my you mama, do? My mama dropped. That's the first time that I've ever turned a trick. Um, Under, I want you to Mason, understand that was the first time I when I started um, school that's the first time I had did too because I was by myself I had rent due I wasn't eating and shit wasn't nobody paying me no no money to eat so I was like well girl somebody gotta put food in the refrigerator the first dick I sucked for money was for $23 bitch what $23 wear it out the, the reason why is I'm nigga was thirsty trying to holler at me and I would have fucked with him. I would have fucked with him for free. <laughs> he was in the dorm with me. And he was, he's sneaking down trying to talk to me while I'm sitting in the lobby of the dorm room. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I ain't got no fucking money. And I'm like, what you? And I was like, well, what I'm going to get out of this? And he was like, I ain't got nothing. All I got is. I was like, let me see your wallet. And he says, he gave me his wallet. I pull out, all he has in his wallet is $23. I take the $23, 
and suck his dick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the the very first time I ever had any sexual relationship for any type of money. Wow. That was the very first time. <laughs> now later on there was some tricks that I got a little bit more money from, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The, because I was in this mode where I Survival didn't have mode. I didn't have support. Mm-hmm. I it just wasn't it just wasn't right. And so Making the I, I, going, we went off the topic, but making those decisions, making those decisions for surgeries because you don't have insurance, because that's what we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't have insurance, I didn't have the family support, mm-hmm. I didn't have, I didn't have the structural support, even within the, um, you know, the school or whatever. I didn't have. They did. They weren't equipped to support a trans woman. Right. So for me. Me making a decision to get silicone was me making a decision to do something that would advance me, take a risk to do something that would advance me in the area of my life that I had control. The area of my life that was make get that brought me the most joy, that brought me the most centered of who I was. Mm-hmm. And so it luckily for me, it worked out. I didn't get deformed. I felt like the work that I got was decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but you only with a couple of times. Only, thank goodness, um, to that person because she's in dead. She's dead now, but she died in prison because she killed somebody. Ooh. <laughs> um, but for me, in that moment, it was it it was cool. I was I was good, and you know, it did advance me. It mm. did work for me, and so. Yeah, I I think it's really important to be sensitive to people who make those kind of decisions. Yes. And in, in, if you, even if you disagree with them, be sensitive, be tender to your people, be tender to people who are in situations that you may not understand. So if you questioning, why would you do that when we know so much of that? You don't know what situations people are in. Mm-hmm. It is it may be different now than it was when they were experiencing it, where they were. So you have to be tender, be really tender when you talk about mm-hmm. your people. And because they are in different situations and circumstances and you if you call yourself somebody who has compassion for other people be Mm -hmm. tender how you talk to people because you don't know what situations but anyway can you list those um insurance companies again that have transgender affirming surgeries okay so edna amerigroup anthem blue cross blue shield um Cigna, Emblem Health, Esselis, Group Health Cooperative, Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, HealthNet, Health Partners, Highmark, Independence, Blue Cross, United Healthcare, Wellmark, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and WellPoint, Unicare. All righty. So make sure if you have access to get these kind of insurance or if you are looking at a job, a perk of the job may be that they use one of these particular insurance providers. So check that out. And all right. Oh, and also Starbucks is a really good place to work. If you want part time too, they yes. have, you can get insurance part time work at Starbucks. Yes. So what I wanted to talk about was an interesting topic. It caught my eye because it is a topic that covers a trans woman in Boise, Idaho. So one of my dream projects to do is to go to each state and talk to one to three 
people in each state, in all the 50 states, that are trans, of trans experience, and really get them to break down what it's like living in their particular state. Because I know that there are trans people in Idaho. And even though that's a state that we don't really think about too much, yes. I always see Idaho people popping up randomly in our our feed and our analytics of, you know, Boise, Idaho or somewhere in Idaho, somewhere in Montana, somewhere, mm. you know, somewhere in some <laughs> some some state that you don't not necessarily don't think about. But that's just, you know, that's not in my radar of me thinking that it's the, um, you know, there were trans person would be there. Mm-hmm. So um, so I when I heard heard about this trans woman in Idaho. Um, She is currently housed in a men's prison and a judge has ordered her to restart receiving her gender affirming surgeries. So when I first read the, the, um, the title, I was like, Oh yes, let's support her getting her surgery. So I'm one of, um, I'm one of the trans people who I can't say that I'm for, the surgery thing when it comes to prisoners. I can't, I'm never going to speak against somebody getting it, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not a person that's, that's not a fight for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a person that's going to be, give these trans people their surgeries for uh, prisoners. So that's something that I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's just on the back burner of my lift to fight for because I've, it's, I'm, I'm one of them people that I feel I see the need to abolish the prison system. I see the need for um, restorative justice. I see the need for it, but my actions and my feelings hasn't matured to the level to where I'm totally on board because if you do something to somebody that I love, I might be for um, capital punishment. Mm. I might be, you get what I'm saying? Like I, I, I have that that in me steal where mm-hmm. I'm like off with his head. Just <laughs> <laughs> got the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm 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 like I've talked about it recently. I'm like the queen of hearts, honey. Sometimes I ain't got to the level where I'm like I want you to be restored if you do something wrong to me. So or and if you're a criminal, do you do, do are you relinquishing your rights to get? surgeries like that i feel weird and this is a this story was a perfect example of why i feel weird so when you first (laughs) see the headline you thinking oh a trans woman is getting her gender assignment surgery yes 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 but let's look at what she was in prison for (laughs) so her name is um andre adree yeah adree edmo it's A D R E E yeah E D M O. She was she's gonna be incarcerated until 2021. She was incarcerated for being convicted of sexually abusing a 15 year old boy in 2011. Mm. You know you know what? why they they're saying that she they're saying that she has severe gender dysphoria because she tried to castrate herself and. In the prison or yes. outside of the prison? In the prison. See, that's and, a, that's what I mean, y'all. This is one of the, uh, <laughs> this is one of these situations where, mm, what y'all feel about this? Like, mm. it, what y'all think? Because for me, but I, when you molest the kids, I can't be on your side on anything. Okay, so I don't know if y'all knew this, but that I remember reading. 
their form of correcting um, people who were um, pedophiles was castration, but chemically castrating them through um, testosterone blockers. So they could just... (laughs) What, (laughs) Mia? So they could just... So it's really not a punishment. (laughs) Yeah, you could just... I'm out of get Z. Listen. <laughs> I'm not fucking well, <laughs> well, I try to put. Ooh. Okay. I know I personally wouldn't molest no kids, but there's a time to where I could put. Like, I was talking about guns earlier. I could potentially off somebody and go into prison. And I would still uh, want that availability of your surgery. Yes. So, like, if you went to prison for selling some weed or selling some crack, <laughs> uh, you know, or I'm like, yes, hole. or some prostitution consensually, um, you know, you stole a car. You get what I'm saying? That it was a victimless crime. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Yes. Get your surgeries. That's a part of your medical care, honey. Da, 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 da. But when you go in there for murdering, murdering somebody, family, <laughs> abusing some women, funny, uh, molesting little kids, I can't cut for that. Like, I, I just can't. I don't care yeah. you trans, cisgender, woman, man, child, I, whatever you are. I don't care. So I definitely agree with you, Diamond. And I think that it should be like some limitations of the type of people. But then again, it's just like... I think it's fair to be like, okay, if you've done this, this, and this, girl, I'm sorry, but well. you can't, you're not going to be able to transition while you're in prison. <laughs> Is that wrong of me? I feel Probably like. Probably so, because it's not no! equal, equal to everybody. I don't think it's wrong. Because I can see people being like, you know, what yeah. if they correct themselves and, you know, they're, they, they're really sorry about what they did, but it's. Girl, somebody so, is very going to live their life and they're going to be traumatized for the rest of their life because they were molested. I know so many people who have been molested and they are. I feel like that's they're an traumatized to go to prison. Because think about it, Mia, you out here living your life on the up and up, good citizen, doing what you know, doing what you do, whatever. I just you feel what, what you said, and you're saving and struggling to save up for your surgery. And this motherfucker who molested kids and or robbed and beat his wife that now want to be transgender is about to get his sex change paid for by the taxpayer. Is that fair? I'm just being honest. I would I would feel shaded. I'm still shaded. I would be like, well, damn, like we can y'all y'all tell us that it's it's plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery so we can't even get insurance to cover it that we pay for out of our pockets that we work hard for and y'all are able to get your surgery funded behind bars that's kind of weird that's i feel uncomfortable about that i feel like and it may be this and like i said uh, in last episode, this may be something that I'm outside of the community on. A lot of the community feel like this is okay. Like, they feel like, you know, especially with, like when Kamala Harris kind of came up as a president and they brought up her situation with the transgender surgeries or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, 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 
these, I think a lot of the community is like, yes, they should be having affirmed surgeries. So that's just, that's a lot of community feel like that way. I, I think I'm outside of the community. Certain offenses. Certain offenses, I'm like, no. Hmm. Certain offenses, like if it's, it's, if it's a victimless crime, yes. Give them their hormones. Give them, mm, no, 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 let me not lie. Let me say this. If it's a victimless crime, give them their hormones. I don't think gender affirming surgeries should be paid for by taxpayers when you're in prison. I think you should wait till you get out. What if they never <laughs> get out? But then what if they never get out? Then what if they like got this long ass sentence? I'm like, oh. So, okay, then, but when, okay, so you get your pussy while you're in prison, then like, are you still in the male prison or are they going to switch you to the women? to the women's. Yes, I think you should. Well, <laughs> yes, I think you should. But then, then you got them people that are trying to switch it up just to. Get in the women's prison because the, yeah. we know trans oh, women who are sex changes that are in the men's prison. Uh huh. It's just now. so murky, and the prison system is so gendered that I don't know. I feel uncomfortable, but definitely, if you insert, if you are in prison for certain crimes that have a victim, you molesting kids, you done cut some family up in pieces and buried them. You what? Them, I'm talking about these people, these mm-hmm. monstrous people. Hmm. Yeah, I, don't see I think it for maybe you. they should definitely it. take it case by case, a case by case situation, because those offenses do do say, okay, we should take away these rights for this moment as a citizen, because that's basically what happens. You stop becoming a citizen when you go to jail, so those should be part of the rights, depending on the case. <laughs> with the system still attack that we in the state that we still in it just has to be fair that way so that <laughs> just gotta happen but as i see a pattern with lgbt people a lot of times we go to jail for protecting ourselves more than anything a lot of us have like murder charges and stuff like that we can't help that sometimes so i that's why i'm like okay let's just take it case by case then i agree Case by case works for me. But what if they try to do, because you know, the justice system ain't too, ain't too on the good side either. So what if they trying to get her her pussy just to make her a sex life? What? Like, <laughs> like, like okay, so this might be outside the box. And stay in the men prison? Yeah, like keep her no, in the men's prison want her to make her a, 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 a sex life. I wouldn't want her to be in a men's prison in a pussy, with a pussy. But also, think about it. So, you in prison trying to crack, castrate yourself, okay? That may be extreme gender dysphoria. I would feel some kind of way if you didn't have that extreme dysphoria outside of prison. Because I know a girl who tried to castrate herself. Outside of prison. And she was outside of prison. Mm-hmm. So, that makes it believable. <laughs> For me. How do you try to yeah. castrate yourself? Just cut your stuff off? I wish I'm gonna try to get Yeah, stuck. some people I'm do. I'm gonna try I'm gonna try my best. They take a razor. I'm gonna try my best to get Stacy to come on this show. I she's real stealth and fucking sickening. <laughs> she's oh, she's real stealth. Folks don't know she's trans, but because it's a podcast, I feel like she I might can convince her to come on. Mm-hmm. Um so yes, I'll try to do that. I'm not making no promises, but I'll try. But what she did was she filled up a tub with ice cubes and ice water and 
had a really, really sharp, sharp knife. Oh, DIY. And Oof. DIY. And she did it. <gasps> and em- she did it and immediately. With her balls? Yes, she did it and immediately called 911. So if something went wrong and she couldn't stop the bleeding. She would be okay. She would be okay. Uh, that's extreme. Yes. <laughs> that's yes. extreme. So what, like, okay. That's so like me her... taking a razor, cutting off my titties. Yeah, Ooh. that's that's extreme. That's, that's extreme dysphoria. Ooh. I believe you. <laughs> like, I believe you. Mm. I believe it's real. Yes. <laughs> I believe hey, get, it's real. Get man. your pussy today. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe. I don't. But so, but if you wait. So she cut her balls off. She gave herself a rectum. She gave herself a castration. And the ambulance came and they were gagged, of course. Every, everybody was gagged. I want you to understand that. Everybody. I'm gagged. In the community was And this gagged. is past. But yes, Years. that's what happened. And I'll try to get her on the show. Aww. But yes, yeah, so somebody like that. I'm who, glad she's okay, though. Yeah, she is okay. Um, it was extreme. Like mm. she was living a happy, Damn. balanced life right now because. You know, she, Damn. yeah, oh, so, geez. um, so she, um, yeah, deep. We're not suggesting so, this, by the way. Oh, I hope not. Hell no, nah, of course <laughs> not. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. I can't, I, if you're, if you did, I don't know how f- you molesting kids and you fucking doing this shit while you're in prison. You wasn't doing this shit while you was out. It, I don't know. Yeah, I, I you can feel, only get a pussy when you get out. That's how I feel about this situation because yeah. that is one of the most disgusting things you can ever do as a human being. So, sorry, no pussy for you. Well, all right. This was a very, <laughs> you know, complicated situation because it 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 put in direct conflict, you know, being a trans person and you wanting to be on the trans person's side. Mm-hmm. But also being a person who knows victims and know how predators are, and then you not wanting to be on the predator side. So that's where when I saw this this story, I thought it was interesting to talk about because that was you know that was the conflict. Yeah. And for me, I'm never going to be on a predator side. If you are a predator and you're taking advantage of children, teenagers, or adults, even I mean you're taking advantage of people and harming them. I feel like you don't deserve to get surgery. I don't care. Figure that out when you get out. This is a decision you made, and, you know, cool, you atone for it. And so in 2021, when you get out, then you figure out your surgery. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like um, I think that's a good solution, being able to earn it. So, yeah. Or, like, certain, certain, um, uh, if you have certain, like, good behavior in there, too, could help you be able to find a way to get you better access or shit like that. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it's people that like that are lawyers for trans people that um, are able to find ways to get through these loopholes and take these cases. But yeah, if there's a way you can have good behavior and uh, maybe do the labor to earn it or, you know, on top of the case yeah, by case not situation, tax, not taxpayer money yeah. paying for it. Yeah, but you working and you know saving up and yeah, that yeah. All right, well I think we did a show, y'all. BTAC early bird registration is up. So if you are planning to come to the Black Trans Advocacy Conference in Dallas, the May. 
um, 5th through the 10th. The early bird registration, if you're trying to save money, it is up and ready to go. They have released the press for it. So the links is there. I'll have it in the bottom in the show notes. Make sure that you are trying to save money because we want all the trans people who need this kind of self-care, who need a vacation from life, who want to come learn, who want to come fellowship, come to BTAC. The early bird registration is up. And it's such a great experience. It's such a great experience. So make sure y'all go check that out. And we will talk to y'all next week. See ya. Bye, Bye. y'all. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's going to be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Little thing.